Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License, flight number 57, with service to the 70s. We ask that you please fasten your headphones, secure your podcasting device, and remember, do the hustle. Oh, boo. Well, welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Curvis, joined by Rich Inman and Max Singer. How are you boys doing today? Oh, Ooh, you no. know it's Max's week to pick the show when you're getting a six-episode reality TV clunker. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, how are you? Uh, I am excited. Uh, two two things. I was going to surprise you both by doing the podcast song, but doing the, do a podcast. Do, do, do. Um, and uh, the other one, Jeff, I knew I was wondering if you were going to do our destination as a place in time, which is amazing. Because I think we're just in the valley again. If anyone's, keep- <laughs> <laughs> I think if anyone's like keeping score at home, I would say probably fifty percent of our shows have taken place in the valley. Yeah, yeah, half of half of this show takes place at a public high school in Monrovia this week. Like this is not <laughs> our most glamorous production. Oh my gosh! Well, gentlemen, this week we are talking about MTV's The Seventies House. Um, before we dive too deep into this show that existed, um, Max, do you mind telling folks what this show is all about? Here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of TV's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We learn a little bit more about how these shows came to be and were originally made, if they're effective pilot episodes and make us want to watch more, and if we think they could be made today, go back and stream our old episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. Check us out on YouTube to see our smiling faces. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. And if you're tuning in from the 70s, (laughs) if you're tuning in from the 70s, tell us how. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Rich, do you have a question of the week this week? Uh, I'm actually going to save it for a little bit. I think uh, I, I definitely want to get your guys like real assessment of this show but only once we explain the premise because i had never heard of the show at all uh i don't know if this was like a response to that 70s show if it's like if if people started doing reunions like the partridge family or just like some sort of 70s tv show thing that uh that was like indicative of 2005 but let's get over the let's go to the uh the creation of the show and the premise so i can hear you guys true assessment yeah. Um, before we talk about the creation of the show, the synopsis, I did want to just say we are recording this uh, on the eve before the WGA uh, strike is set to end. Um, and want to just congratulate those who are members of the WGA um, on, hey, successful strike. The deal looks amazing. Um, and can't wait for SAG AFTRA to hopefully get a very similar. Yeah, as yeah. Well. Re- regular listeners of our, ours know we don't record these with any rhyme or reason or, you know, schedule or agenda. So you're going to hear this a little bit after a resolution's happened. But yeah, just way to freaking go to everyone who pounded the pavement, held the line, did so much incredible work all summer long. Um, it's been an arduous four months, but there's some really great stuff in this contract that hopefully makes writing a real viable um profession for those who are fortunate enough to work in this industry and yeah just congratulations to every wga member to the work that strike captains to negotiated committee thank you to drew fucking carry for picking up a five hundred thousand yeah. dollar tab at two local diners here in los angeles cleveland really just, does fucking rock wait should we do <laughs> do we need to do the drew carry show Probably. Drew, Drew Carey, primary Karen Bass, become the mayor. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about this deal. Uh, whoever put in the provision that I get uh, a sweet green salad every day, uh, I love you. Thank you so much. It was probably Adam Conover. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm I'm super sorry about the Jeff provision where I talk about how I know TV writers at every meal, but it's now multiplied by five. So I'm required by WGA standards to say 15 times in every meal 
Uh, sometimes that's just to myself when I'm eating alone, and it's really He's weird. A union man. Yeah, do you uh, want a contribution to your pension or not? <laughs> <laughs> wow, they really did prove that the uh, the pen is mightier than the sword. They're very impressive. I never hey, thought about that until right there. Now. <laughs> there we hey, go. Can you, can you uh, hear? Wh- can you hear the head shake on, by Max on uh, on audio? Because I can. With that being said, just so to clear up any confusion, we are going to continue to do non-stricken work on this podcast until SAG-AFTRA does get their fair deal as well. Uh, and what better way to get uh, to celebrate the WGA's uh, end of their strike than doing MTV's The 70 House? <laughs> uh, a quick synopsis. Uh, Twelve modern kids are taken and put in a house where they live like they're in the 70, 1970s. Sure. Yeah, cool. I think that is exactly almost what we watched. Max, how did this get made? Today we're talking about the premiere of MTV's The 70s House titled Welcome to the 70s, which aired on July 5th, 2005. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There's not a whole lot of information about this show. Uh, <laughs> looks like uh, looks like Viacom tried to bury it pretty deep, but it is the brainchild of a writer and producer by the name of Aaron Matthew Lee. Prior to 70s House, Lee worked a lot in the MTV VH1 sphere as a consultant on things like the VH1 Big In Name of Year Awards, VH1 Music Awards, Teen Choice Awards, served as a writer on things like the Primetime Emmys and the MTV Movie Awards. Since then, though, since 70s House, the apparent launching pad for Aaron Matthew Lee's <laughs> career, this guy has become a writer and supervising producer and executive producer on shows like uh, The New Normal, The Cleveland Show, Family Guy, Superstore, Duncanville, and more. Uh, apparently, this this is all it took was the 70s house. Because it not only launched Aaron <laughs> Matthew Lee, it also apparently launched the career of freaking Natasha Leggero, who, <laughs> who we're going to talk about a whole lot in this. Um, someone who's done so well for themselves in the 18 years since the 70s house but uh oh god jeff is like pulling at his eyelids right now i is is anyone stoked to do this is anyone i, is I anyone? low key i am so excited to dive into this show uh before we take a deeper dive a quick word from our sponsors Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, let's take a trip back in time uh, to the 1970s and the 1970s or the 70s house. Excuse me. Um, yeah, get so it right. <laughs> this show is insane. Like, yeah. let, let's just talk about this premise a little bit. The premise of you are taking 12 kids in 2004 when they filmed this. And taking away all forms of technology, clothing, how they even talk, and then putting them in a house that is, first of all, wonderful in the sense that that house now costs $5 million. Uh, But also the idea that that house is stuck in the 1970s as a whole. As we see these different kids roll in... um, all somewhere between like 18 and 22. What were your thoughts other than I was brought back to the idea of, oh, this is what teenagers looked like in 2004? So when I created the concept for my PhD thesis in psychology while studying <laughs> at Cal Berkeley, I, I never envisioned that it would be picked up by MTV. And I just want to say thank you for bringing this vision to life. Uh, I tr- the only thing that I've garnered so far from the introduction to the show, all these kids walking in who seemingly have no personality yet, maybe they get some later in the season, but the main conflict seems to be decor. Like, they're like, oh, I can't live in that house. It's too old. 
And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's not enough. That's not enough of a conflict for me to be like, oh, this is a compelling TV show. I'm super curious what it was for you, Max. But <laughs> yeah, all these all these kids live in pre-war apartments. They can't be complaining <laughs> about the decor of this house. <laughs> Which war? Which war? The the things that blow my mind are. So I think the show could be made today because they introduced them all by their name and their uh, their astrological sign. Oh, yeah, so this is great. this is very so 2023. Uh, the 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 fashion. We just need to talk about Ooh. the the track suits, the like uh, skater gear. There's a dude named yeah. Ruben who comes in rocking the brimmed beanie, and I definitely had a brimmed beanie around oh, 2005. I wanted a brim beanie so badly. Well. Uh, you, you didn't. Let me tell you right now, in 2023, <laughs> you didn't want it. Um, the hero for me is there's a girl named Ashley. She's a Virgo. Yep. And she walks into the 70s house and she says that she's a hippie at heart, but she's wearing this like matching tracksuit set and has these big clear sunglasses. And she looks like every single club girl who wanted to be Paris Hilton at this time. So- I, I wrote down in my notes, Ashley's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the one piece we've done so many of these shows that are like around 2002 to 2006 when they were made. And the one piece of clothing we have yet to see is I have yet to see a piece of like sweatpants with rhinestones on the ass that say some provocative word like juicy. Um, but I, one of the other things that I'm <laughs> very direct. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was so excited to see in the beginning of this was we do have a host uh, by the name of Burt Van Styles, played by Bill Dwyer. I was so <laughs> fucking was pumped to see <laughs> Bill Dwyer in this show. Uh, I was not expecting it, but I was just like, yeah, this out of nowhere, like, Almost in like this weird, like upside down universe where they don't care what the people say. They're just going to keep on hosting the show was wonderful. I know we're all TV fans. If you're listening to this podcast, you're also a TV fan. Mm -hmm. I think the most niche thing we've said in over a year of doing this show is I was so fucking stoked to see Bill Dwyer. (laughs) (laughs) I also I like what really sold it for me was that tiny little Bob Barker microphone. Those are the best. That was, uh, you know what I'm talking oh, about? The really, 100%. really thin ones. Oh, take me back. Oh, yeah. If <laughs> if if I could have a very consistent one of those to do this podcast on, I would 100% do that. I'll find you one on all Amazon the time. right now. <laughs> I'm just relieved that Burt Van Styles didn't try and kiss all the women when they came in. <laughs> oh, no. A hug is much more appropriate. That lasts like five seconds too long. Um, but... Burt Van Siles is not the only character uh, or actor that's playing a character in this house. We also have Dawn played by Do the we ever. aforementioned Natasha, Natasha Leggero. Um, how excited were we to see, like, in current day, Natasha Leggero is a, in some cases, a household name as far as a stand-up comedian goes. Um but at this point in time, this was sort of like the first biggest thing that she's done. And I was really excited to see Natasha Leggero not just do stand up, but like actually just go full in on this 1970s mom s character that's setting the tone and setting the rules of the house. Which is so weird because she's like at most 23. It is the first line in her IMDb bio, so clearly this means a lot to her. This is something that's still very important to her, that 18 years later, it's the first line there. There's there's a moment when she's kind of setting up the game, when she's setting up the premise for the cast, when they're in the, the common area, the sitting room, why there's not a conversation pit, I'll never know, probably a budget thing. And she's talking about things from that era they won't have in the 70s house, and she kind of lifts up her dress a little bit and touches her thigh when she says George W. Bush and it's the most bonkers action choice to do I, I've ever seen. That was the moment where it's like oh, oh she she's in. Like I, I get why it's her. That's such a specific choice. Yeah, I, I think she also embodies the 70s spirit because I've definitely seen her smoking weed outside the comedy store and that's just what's more 70s than that. 
So a couple things that were on my mind at the beginning of this pilot. One, I think we all got a view into how MTV casts some of these reality shows, right? Because all of these contestants were talking about, oh, I was expecting to be on the beach. Or <laughs> one person said, I Red was rules. expecting to be on a beach in the woods, which I'd like to know what beach she's talking one, about. One of the guys just flat out said, I thought this was road rules, which makes me think that they just told them they were going on road rules. <laughs> but, uh, fucking rules. Um, road these, rules. Road rules. These teens were, or our contestants are competing for a prize, right? Um, let's just make sure we're very clear on what the rules are. They're trapped in the 1970s. Uh, they do say eat and wear. Whatever they do say eat or wear has to be from the 1970s. Mm -hmm. Their prizes, though, are modern uh, for or the grand prizes are in this instance. They're going to get a package from Hewlett Packard, Ooh. a 2005 Beetle convertible and a European vacation courtesy of STA Travel, which they were very clear to make sure they mentioned who provided each of these. Oh, you got it. Oh, yes. <laughs> As to not piss off the sponsors. Um, That's very crucial. But it doesn't just stop there. Natasha Legero's Dawn really drives these competitors through the process of what they have to do. Starting off with uh, converting slang, which I absolutely loved as so like funny. a little bit of an exposition as a whole. Yeah, but she used a phrase in the seventies lingo education that I, I don't, I don't know. She taught them the phrase "jive turkey." Oh, and we can't whoa, say that anymore. Whoa, 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 whoa! This is a family podcast. You do not say <laughs> JT. No one's calling anyone a JT. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that this was just such a great way of leading our competitors through, right? We start off with the slang. Then we make them change their wardrobe entirely. I can't help but think the women got screwed as far as the wardrobe change. Uh, because the men definitely, like, some of the stuff that the men were wearing, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd possibly oh, wear that. I'm the wearing all of that this weekend. Every pattern of the dresses that we saw the women wearing, I was just like, oh, yeah. Someone was just like, I hate women, and I'm going to make them hate themselves. <laughs> With the exception of one of the guys, this dude, Peter, who just does not seem to be in this at all. I don't know if he was Road Rules still, but he wants out of this house so bad. All of the guys seem a lot more enthusiastic about the wardrobe changes and like kind of playing into the game than the girls do so far. Okay, 100%. so we'll break this down. So that you can't have any food that's not from the 70s. You can't use any lingo that's from the 70s. Yeah, that'll be super important later. Um, and you can't use any technology that's not from the 70s. Now, my question of the week is, knowing these rules, knowing this prize, knowing this game, how do you think you would realistically fare being a contestant on 70s House? Oh, I'm just walking out. I'm just like, give, <laughs> give me my day rate. I'm fucking out of here. Like, there's absolutely. Oh, sorry. It's your 70s day rate. It's the $5.83. <laughs> you get cab fare home um, because you live in Studio Valley. Uh, but in all honesty, yeah, I don't think I'm doing well in this sense. The, the, the host from Minneapolis is just making up names of LA neighborhoods now. Yeah, that, that's a place now. Studio Valley. 100%. I owned 20 apartments in Studio Valley. <laughs> You're just playing Monopoly, Jeff. Yeah. Broadway uh, was too expensive. <laughs> I think I could do the clothes because they're provided for me. I think I could do the technology because they've taken the other things away from me. I yeah. think the lingo would kill me. I think oh. trying to have casual conversation when there's so much downtime because in any of these reality shows you have to kind of become hyper fixated on what the task at hand is so anytime you're on one of these things they take away your phones usually can't have access to like magazines or tvs or the internet for obvious reasons but if i'm just trying to converse with contestants to kill time we're playing games we're watching old tv shows and i can't just be myself that would get me kicked out so quick i get it 
Yeah, I go for it. I definitely think that I'm going to do okay at it. The lingo is obviously going to be pretty hard, but I do say the phrase solid a lot. So I think I'm going to do okay on that one. I think the hardest part is that not mentioning things from the internet for an entire day might kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the thing that none of us have mentioned, uh, Jewish tummy. Jewish stomach was not a thing in the 1970s, so we're no, all dude, fucked with the food. I'll eat a can of Hormel chili right now. <laughs> oh I'll do it live God. on air. I think my key to success would just be talking about Steely Dan's Asia for six weeks straight. That Ooh, would work. That's a good that choice. That would work. That counts. I, I definitely... I Like, Rich, I love how you bring up like just talking about the internet, because the other thing that I think about is like you can't talk about... If we wanted to get really into this... You can't talk about modern sports scores or yep. modern like sports like athletes at all. So if you wanted to talk about hypothetically the Rams, uh, then let's talk about I don't even know who's on the Rams at this point in time. Uh, we would be talking a lot about like Still the Green LA, Bay Packers and maybe the Jets. Like that's the wild part about this. Um, it's 1970s. There's eight football teams total. <laughs> Just in case the audience is curious, where does all this technology go? They have a closet that's named the 2000s closet, um, which if someone does not break into that closet during this show, during like the run of the series, I'm going to be upset like that. That should absolutely be a temptation of like, oh, yeah, the doors just open like you can go in there if you really want. And they also just put everything into a big old laundry hamper too. Natasha Leggero as as Dawn. Just went around, took all of their CD players and cell phones, <laughs> and just put them in a hamper. That's it. That's Bye. all the security we have. Bye. So, so we should talk about, after we've gone through this transformation, we've seen the house, we go into the shag room, as they call it, which at first yeah, I what was just like, what, what type of show are we watching? But we meet our third character by the name of Oscar. Uh, in a ode to Charlie's Angel, we only hear Oscar through the phone. We will never see him. And Oscar is 100% just the producers. Like, Oscar could not more clearly It's just actually be... Dane Cook. It's a big get. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Dane Cook is like 85 years old. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but the... Oscar sort of sets the rules like there are going to not only is the challenge of living in this house, there's going to be weekly competitions that they will have to be going through. And in this instance, they're going to be playing basketball. Um, But the goal is not winning the game. The goal is losing by the least amount of points while playing like you're in the 70s. No, no, Um, the, The goal is like 10 feet up. It's the thing they're throwing the balls at. Oh my god. Um, I'm not gonna lie, when I heard this, I took it way too literally and I was like, okay, dunking, not allowed. Uh that was like (laughs) dunk in the seventies. Well, no, it was like outlawed for a small period of time. You couldn't dunk in basketball. It was like there's no three there's no three point line on this court. No three pointer. So like Steph Curry's screwed. And then Who? Well he should he shouldn't have been on true. He shouldn't have signed up to be on this show then. (laughs) <laughs> but like i i think that having challenges like this putting it in the real world and adding this temptation is actually a really nice twist to the show rather than just having these teams compete against each other to see who screws up in a controlled reality taking them out in public is the wild card it mm-hmm. is because it's they have to keep up all of the persona, all the illusion, keep up the lingo as we learn. And it's also like people that have to interact with them and see like how they treat them. Like if you just keep them in the house the entire time, I think it's challenging, but not impossible. Adding the variable of everyone else out there on the outside, though, that's where it gets fun. Yeah, it just becomes themed Big Brother in that instance. If they're just all in the house the entire time and challenging themselves and like playing game theory with each other. Not that I expect these competitors to be experts in game theory, but, you know, like there's nothing really exciting about it. Rich, what what's on your mind when you hear that they're going out of the house? I mean, I think it's a smart idea. Otherwise, like. 
they're clearly going to go insane. I, I really don't think like uh, they're, they're definitely understanding that at this point, even in 2004, teenagers are severely addicted to technology. Like, I mean, even if it's just, I, I believe one kid said, uh, uh, my iPod is my sanity. That was his quote when he was entering the house. I'm like, okay, that really is 2004. But even then, we're, uh, I can't imagine like just being stuck in this house. I'd probably lose my mind, and they probably have a bunch of people try to quit. Um, I, what I am wondering is how they got so many high school kids to show up for this game that's clearly fake on TV, and <laughs> and have them like actually cheer. Oh, and then Rich, the cheer. I, I know the answer. Please. Uh, they went to a high school. And you said you want to be on MTV. Okay. 100%. Yeah, that's the easiest way to doing this. What is it like running a high school in Los Angeles where there's just reality show producers just beating down the door every single day? They're like, please, please just let us take 30 of your kids out of school. We have, we have to make up an entire Bravo lineup right now. Just the principals, the most tired individuals. Like, I, I don't <laughs> care. Just do what you want. Leave me alone. Take them. <laughs> no one wants to be here. I don't want to be here. Um, the, I, I will commend the show on, I think they did such a great job with some of the details, right? It would be very easy to phone this show's production in if you wanted to, but like things like the van versus the station wagon to get them to the game, things like having the guys where having everyone wear the super short shorts, which now are back in. Like I, I loved all of these small details. The only to, problem is where you're supposed to find gas with lead still in it. Oh, that's a that's a really solid point, Rich, and <laughs> that's a problem for the producers. Yeah, thanks, President Carter. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go through this game, right? One of these teams wins, uh, because they scored a basket. Um, the other <laughs> loses. Yeah, um, they got fucking smoked. <laughs> and then we go to the shag room, our elimination room. We find out that the winning team gets a fondue party, which. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. All right. Uh, we we find out. Oh, that is a good rule to add. Uh, anytime they hear that song go off, they have to do the hustle, Boy, which I... what what a great. <clears throat> fuck you by the producers of like we're a hundred percent watching all of you all the time and want you in the most compromised situation to have to meet in the living room to do this goddamn song from which the rocks. aptly named hustle alarm i <laughs> wrote in all caps oh my god hustle alarm because there is nothing there's nothing that says like psychological torture like forcing someone to dance immediately when an alarm goes off and i know it's like it's probably barely anything it's probably like 30 seconds of the song that they got the license for but good god how often are they going to do this well all right so we're getting sucked into we're getting sucked into 2000s house what's what's the (laughs) 2000s alarm Ooh, um, uh cupid shuffle cupid shuffles really good uh to the window, to the wall, uh, uh, I think I, I think has to be in contention. For me, it's the Soldier Boy signal. Ooh, yep, Ooh. that's the one. That's the one. Well, when did Soldier Boy come out? What 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 year was that? Oh, we're I aging think like ourselves. Late, late 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 aughts, I think was was cranked at. Okay, cool. If if it's late aughts, absolutely. If it's 2010, fuck us all. It has to be something between the 2001, 2000 and 2010. Jesus. Uh, so let's talk about how this show ends, because I think this is the big glaring hole. It ends this, with everyone hating pilot. fondue. <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, <laughs> no one on this on this winning team has ever been to Melting Pot. Fondue can be a lovely experience. Um, highly recommend overpaying for hot cheese or hot oil and uh, putting meat and bread and fruit in it. Um, but I think that what I found interesting was how they decided who was up for elimination in this instance, right? Uh, and we basically find out, hey, cameras are on you all the time. Cameramen yeah. are definitely have a like a little notepad where they're keeping a checklist of like, at this moment, 
someone did this and we have to review the tape here. We have to review the tape here. We have to review the tape here. The, the producer truck, the producer van is working on this Yeah, show. they're buzzing out there. But like, this is where I think this is the main fault of the show in that we get surprised by it rather than being at home, being like keeping count ourselves. I know this was only a 22 minute pilot, right? We don't have time probably to be able to see everything that's going on. But I think there's an opportunity here to add that little bit of tension of like, Mm -hmm. oh, boy, you know, Seth is screwed if his team loses because he was talking about how he's a big fan of 50 Cent to Geo the other day. (laughs) Like, that is what, like, that's a moment where I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm missing that, like, the audience being like rooting for this person to win because they know they're screwed otherwise. Yeah, I'm actually changing my answer. I'm going to do really good in this because the music I still listen to is from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on, on one hand, I I get saving the elimination <clears throat> premise for when it comes up in real time because it throws a wrench into it as an audience. We're like, oh, this is how the game works, which I think you need. Like, you don't want to give everything up top. But of our of our two people who end up in... The bottom two this week, you have Adro and Geo. Geo, we actually saw his infraction. We saw him talking about wanting to get like Botox and modern plastic surgery. Andrew, the thing that we saw was filmed with like kind of weird behind the scenes camera footage that we didn't actually see yeah. in the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And so with that, it's like, oh, okay, I guess they did this infraction. It's like, I get when you have 21 minutes plus commercials, you're not going to be able to show everything. Yeah. But when you don't understand why someone's up for elimination as an audience member, it makes it a little tough to care. I guess it's also, yeah, I I also have still not bought in that they care all that much. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I know the prizes are, the prizes are pretty cool. It's a car, a European vacation, and uh, like, like a full computer stack up. <clears throat> yeah, right? like it's it's a it's a cool prize, but I'm still not like Natasha Leggero is acting her ass off. Like she is giving, she is doing one of the hardest things that you can possibly do. Period, and and that's making teenagers care about anything. And <laughs> I think. I think she's doing like uh, like a like really working her ass off. She's grinding for that paycheck, but I I really do not feel the buy-in. And maybe all the kids who are on the show are have like kind of families that are like well-to-do. Maybe is that that could be it? Like they're not super bought in on it. Yeah. In case you're curious, what uh, Rich's next podcast is, he's going to give a TED talk of how to keep kids off your damn lawn. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, in I, I am a, in agreement with you, Rich. I think that there needs to be bigger stakes. But at the same time, if you're MTV, you want to pay next to nothing to do this. You probably rented this house in the Valley, um, you, Studio Valley. Uh, yeah, Studio probably, Valley. Beautiful <laughs> Studio Valley. <laughs> you... Um, from there, you also paid for all these clothes, like going to you know, a flea market most likely. And then you have three, two to three actors that you're probably paying next to nothing. Sponsors pay for all these prizes. Cool. But adding that big, Hey, the winner gets what's a lot of money in the two thousands, like $30,000. That's probably more than MTV was willing to part with in all honesty. And yeah, sure. I think that, potentially and like hey someone gets kicked off of this first episode um as max mentioned both had uh their reasons the way they get eliminated though is absolutely hysterical in that i've never seen competitive operation before but i was actually like this is one of the funniest ways i've ever seen a reality (laughs) tv show decide to eliminate a human being in my lifetime this is how we're deciding on who's doing shots this weekend (laughs) <laughs> i'm bringing i'm bringing operation Here, oh here's God. here's the kicker you do two rounds you're not saving anybody <laughs> <laughs> um but i think that once our contestant is eliminated um and as we think that the show is over we get our first live instance of the hustle alarm to end our episode with 
people oh, running so from the shower, uh, people running from being asleep. And I genuinely got a great giggle uh, as this show came to. I was I was end. really nervous it was going to start playing again when you mentioned that. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm on guard now. I'm on edge waiting for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from inside of your home, Max. Uh, but with it's the... me. I played the hustle. <laughs> Sorry. With this episode coming to a, or with this pilot ended, what were some things that you loved about it that maybe we didn't discuss? I mean, we've we've mentioned her already, but I mean, the work that Natasha Lachero is doing <laughs> in this is bonkers. Yeah. It is it is so committed, and she's having to sell this entire cast on just like, please buy into it. Yeah. The other thing that I'm kind of realizing as we talk about, it, like you mentioned, like they just got closed at a flea market. I did a quick little bit of searching and discovered that, you know, Paramount who owns MTV at this point had a certain movie version of a very, very popular seventies TV action comedy released in theaters uh, the year before this show came mm. out. And I think they just used all of the costumes from that film adaptation for the seventies house wardrobe. Uh, I'm not going to say it, but you can, uh, you can piece the, you can piece it together. It's a rhyme with snarky and butch. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't I mean, even I rhyme mean, not, with not that. Technically, it doesn't rhyme no. With, no. <laughs> Rich, you did a great job. It, it rhymes <laughs> nothing like that. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my god rich what about you any things that you loved about this pilot oh, that um maybe basketball shorts dude basketball shorts <laughs> <laughs> that was, they, they had the most upsetting shots during that basketball scene i was so they really they really almost took me out of it <laughs> oh my god um and for me i max i think you really mentioned the star of this pilot in natasha Legero. uh but i genuinely i I think it's very easy as a producer of a reality TV show to sort of just be like, you know what? The small details don't matter. Doing things like the car, getting the clothing, even if it might have been available because of a big movie, is appreciated. And it makes this slightly more enticing rather than being like, thanks to our sponsor, Old Navy, we have all of these clothes that sort of look like they're from the 70s. Um, What about wait a minute moments? Uh, anything that caused you pause. Does anybody want to be here? Are you talking about the three of us or are you talking about the show? Does anyone competing <laughs> on the 70s house want to be on this show? Because is... I I don't think that I don't think they do. And this is a young competitor field. There is at least one person that we know of who has stated on air that they are 18. This is an incredibly young field of exclusively college kids it appears i don't think anyone wants to be doing this i think that's such a good point max because i think that this is the time when mtv's audience was mainly like high early high school to like the beginning of college and if you went Mm. any older than that it was like ooh, they're old um and like (laughs) Just, just being honest, like, let's think about some of the other shows that came out from MTV or were popular from MTV at this point in time. We had The Newlyweds with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. We had Real World, which I think at this point in time was, like, in Philadelphia. Um, someone fact-checked me on that. If I nailed it, I'm so proud of myself. There's another and- <laughs> show that we've covered on this podcast that makes Rich really angry. Yeah. And, like, I think that... You fall into that trap of it could possibly be more interesting if you were like, hey, we have a bunch of people in their mid-20s to late 20s who have these careers and stuff like that. But the problem with those folks is they have careers in some cases. Uh, Otherwise, you could just get some actors who are also in their mid-20s. I just don't think it could be a real 70s house in the shag room if there's not one creepy old guy. Uh, That's all I'm saying. There was. He was one of the first people we saw. <laughs> and, and Rich, what about you? Any wait a minute moments? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Laguna Beach again. Uh, 
<laughs> no, I my favorite my favorite wait a minute moment that I wrote this down. <laughs> I love that we we're just enough to not get sued. Uh, <laughs> uh, my the one that I wrote down is uh, Ruben was listed as critic uh, as like currently unemployed, and also like did we we didn't talk about that guy just absolutely roasting some of the contestants to bits when he was doing this. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was why was having fun. I was like, number one, they already don't want to be there. Number two, they thought it was a different show. Number three, they hate the prizes. <laughs> then you're gonna go shit on them like immediately everything about this says sex house like the the onion like satire of real world and shows like this and that oh man that made me laugh so much <laughs> yeah and uh i will say i heard my worst fondue joke i've ever heard in fun don't yeah. uh which is just you're not even trying um so yeah hey, they're 18 and the yeah, writers exactly. are on strike that's why we need older people to be on the show. Uh, some creativity. Uh, in-flight question, super simple. We got that. We get these from our frequent flyers on the show. Um, but this week, that could be simple. you. Send us oh, questions. Yeah, it could be. Send us questions. We'll talk a little about about anything about really later. Uh, what decade would be the worst to have to live in a house and stick with the rules of that oh, decade? I got it. Rich, go ahead. The 1860s. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what about you? <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> no, no follow-ups or any comments. Just knock it out. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to be on like 1929 house. <laughs> I, do. I was, I was going to say if we could do a region and a year. Uh, I would say 1940s Germany for all three of us would be rough. Uh, makes- <laughs> yeah, I signed up for Dust Bowl House. Oh, God. <laughs> Hurry. Keep dancing, goofball. Uh, well, thank you for that uh, in-flight question. Let's talk about the briefest history <laughs> we will ever do on this pilot. Um, yes, technically... This show was uh, had a limited run on the air. There was a one season. It had 10 episodes. And MTV actually rebooted the show with The 90s House, which showed up in 2017. Uh, so not that long ago. Mm. Um, but which also doesn't really make the most sense. It would really make sense if they did the 80s house and then the 90s house. But who, who the fuck knows? I'm not a producer at MTV. Um, Rich, what is your game of the week? <laughs> well, I did not know that there was a 90s house, so guess what my game is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm a brilliant TV producer. Okay, um, so the equivalent of the of doing the 70s house in 2005 right now would be the 1996 house. Woo! The Atlanta Olympics, uh, Bill Clinton's second term, other things. I have uh, great Ted, hopes for him. Ted Nothing wrong is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All man. Right. I, speaking of the Atlanta Olympics, I called my vape pen Richard Jewell. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. It's full of nails. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> this is like... Man, we're off the fucking rails on this one. Okay. <laughs> God, God. <laughs> I have ADHD. You can't do this to me. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. All right. Fuck you guys. All right. <laughs> game over. <laughs> That's the game. Just fuck us. All right. What would be... What would be the hustle alarm of 1996 would, of course, be the Macarena. But what other song would you be allowed to listen to? A. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. B. Ironic by Alanis Morissette. C. I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. Or D. Wannabe by the Spice Girls. God, that's a weird noise that I just made. Um, (laughs) Good thing this is not a podcast. I'm going to say Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Yeah, I, I'm going to say 
I'm going to say it's Alanis as well. I think that like Spice Girls are a little bit later as well. Yeah, I think Spice Girls was like 1997. Um, And I don't know if Biggie was dead yet. So I'm going to say it's it's, uh, Alanis. Yeah, you guys are correct. Uh, uh, Tupac was shot in 96, I think. But but Biggie was still Mm -hmm. alive. I don't know who died first. Um, Yeah. Uh, Tub Thumping was 97. I'll Be Missing You was 97. Wannabe was 97. Do you guys know Um, who the backing band for Alanis on that record is? It's Flea and Taylor Hawkins and Dave and, Navarro and Dave Navarro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why that song rips so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever like get to hear like an isolated uh, bass on that song or on on the Alanis album, it is bananas. Flea is a crazy person. All right, the 1996 house would be equipped with everything below except a a Palm Pilot, b a flip phone. C, a Nintendo 64, or D, Beanie Babies? Palm Pilot, Flip Phone, Flip Phone, Nintendo, Nintendo 64, 64, and Beanie and Babies. Beanie Babies? Yep. I'm going to say Flip Phone. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Max. I think it's Flip Phone as well. It is Palm Pilot. The flip phone oh, was the boo. the flip phone was the number one selling piece of technology in, in 1996. All right. All right. In your 1996 wardrobe, you could wear the jersey of what team that actually existed that year? Oh, a, we get to remember the, some guys. Let's go. A, the Nashville Predators. B, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. C, the Atlanta Thrashers. D, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say D, the Jaguars. So it was the Predators, the Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Rays. Devil Rays. Rays. Devil Rays, and then what was the last one, Rich? Atlanta Thrashers. I'm going to say the Rays. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well done, Max. Oh, Duval. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's it for the night game of the week. Thank you guys for playing 1996 House. Well, our flight is coming to a land. Uh, We are returning back to the year 2023. But before we do so, two quick questions for each of you. Um, would you continue nope. watching this show based off of the pilot? And second, do you think that there should be a early aughts house? Uh, maybe an 80s house. How are we rebooting this? I mean... <laughs> uh, 1860s what, house. Who, who's in? Let me, let me make a call so I can make my jump to stardom. Uh, Max, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, my my thoughts are no. This pilot did not make me want to watch more. You guys want to know who wins? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, spoil it. Spoiler house. It's Andrew. He goes from the first guy. elimination ceremony to winning the whole thing. Congratulations, Andrew. Wow. Now you don't have to watch the seventies house. Wow. He got scared straight. He was like, "Oh no!" And no different show. Different show, Jeff. No, I don't think this could be made today. I, I don't. I, no. Just no, I don't even need to explain it. Just no on all fronts. <laughs> Rich, what about you? I'd love to see a meltdown of kids right now having to just not use their iPad right now, like for for a little bit. It would be it'd be satisfying to me as a millennial just to see that little bit of torture, but I don't think it would be a good TV. And yeah, for me, like I'm not gonna lie, I did sort of enjoy this pilot. I thought it was good enough, but like I'm not gonna watch more of it. I I enjoyed watching teens freak out that they couldn't use their cell phones and seeing the fashion and stuff. I think I enjoyed this more as a peek back into like the year 2004 than I did for the purpose of this show, if that makes sense. And I enjoyed seeing Bill Dwyer and I enjoyed seeing Natasha Leggero, but I did not enjoy anything else about this show because I think the construct of it is sort of like, faulty right like we didn't even see how these kids screwed up when they screwed up like that that is the biggest red flag as far as television production i could ever say of like you didn't show the thing that (laughs) we're trying to figure out what they did wrong like i i cannot state that enough and uh, adam lee congrats on your success as a whole i don't know how you were how this was your launching pad god i love a pivot as far as like yeah, this but like being, if, you're, if you're listening, 
to this and you need yeah, Adam, anyone. <laughs> if, if you're listening and you want to, you know, sponsor a podcast and, you know, you're you're just <laughs> no, a, give us writing jobs. <laughs> you're a fan of three good looking Jewish guys like then like give us a call. Uh, we're happy to work on whatever show you're thinking about right now. But like as far as rebooting this, you could like right like if I could actually see this being a really fun YouTube one-off series. In all honesty, where you get kids stuff like you that, go it's older. low enough budget that like we we could see something like I'd love to see a bunch of iPad kids being told that they couldn't use an iPad for a day. That'd be the funniest fucking thing in the world. So like maybe you make this into a small short one-off episode series, but like I don't need to watch it ever Meltdown again. House. Um with all that being said, as we have returned to the year 2023 and our flight has officially come to a land, where can we find you two gentlemen? Oh, you can catch me around that fondue pot, baby, and on all things social media at Maxwell Singh. You can catch me doing the hustle. <laughs> also on Instagram at Damn That's Rich. And uh, you can catch original sketch comedy by me and Max Singer over at uh, Dadwagon Comedy on TikTok. And you can find me trying to figure out what bill dwyer's up to these days uh but if you're looking for me on social media you can find me at run jeff run you can find the tv pilots license anywhere you listen to podcasts as well as on youtube um we release new episodes every thursday so make sure to subscribe and check out what we have coming out if you have a question for the show you want to become a frequent flyer Make sure to shoot us an email at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to watch out for sneak previews of some of our upcoming episodes. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again. And until then, do the hustle. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>